0: There are people who love snow (laughs) and there are people who moved from Minnesota to here (laughs) to avoid it as much as possible like me. But you know I have kids now and so they're incredibly delighted with any flakes that hit the ground they've come to and they don't know really snow like I know snow so any like dusting or two inches or, you know, if you can't see through it, then that's a really big deal. But So I get to take part in their delight when the snow comes down, even though I'm crying on the inside, <laughs> knowing that it's uh, even more is coming, I guess, for Christmas. We'll have a white Christmas this year. <clears throat> There's, of course, you know, a Dhamma lesson in that, isn't there? We can really take delight in what others take delight in, even if it's not our preference. Uh, When we see something unskillful, then we can speak up, then we can move away from that, then we can, uh, um, you know, not take delight in that but you know as practitioners and meditators um it's our you know one of our duties is to figure out the difference between you know what is skillful and what is unskillful and and further what is our preference something might be totally neutral like weather and if it's not my preference I can spend a lot of time you know being frustrated about that or figuring out my shoe situation or wondering why again we don't have a snow shovel Um, or (laughs) I can look around at the delighted faces in my living room everybody's nose is pressed against the window over like 10 flakes the 10 flakes we got last night and know at least feel some bit of delight take some bit of excitement because there's nothing wrong with snow is there in fact I hope it keeps snowing (laughs) over the next 10 20 30 100 years I hope we still see snow on our planet Uh, so we can look at our preferences, and just let them go in the face of what is neutral or what is um, skillful even. I think for me, it's been a harder um, journey in my practice to figure out what to do when I see something unskillful when i when i see it and i know it and it's wrong um what's the next step you know whether it's in my own family unskillful actions in my own self in my own mind um in my own spiritual community at work you know, we do as we begin to hone our practice and hone our radar for what is good, what is useful, and what is beneficial, uh, then that, you know, very uh, naturally begins to hone our radar around what isn't. And, you know, first we need to know, is it my preference? Is this my preference and what's actually happening is fine? You know, am I just bristling against it because I don't like it or it's hard for me or, Um, it works against my natural state, you know, um, or is something really off, really wrong, really out of balance, really out of tune. Uh, and over time, you know, with our own practice and our own reflection and our own sitting, uh, we can start to see what is out of tune, what is really unskillful. Uh, what isn't sort of born out of kindness and generosity and balance and equanimity and compassion. Uh, and then, you know, what's, what's more difficult, I think, is uh, being able to apply our skills in the moment to respond to it. <clears throat> you now, it's more complicated when it's, you know, and there's an imbalance of power, say, you know, when we see something unskillful in our boss or a parent or a, you know, uh, even a spiritual leader. We see that all the time abuse of power in spiritual communities or unskillfulness, because turns out people are people either way, whether they're leading. <laughs> a community or an organization or a family uh, or whether um, they don't have much power at all in a group dynamic. Um, And over the years, I've, you know, sort of dealt with that in different ways. Uh, One is to kind of be delusional and say, well, this is fine, but it's not my preference, you know, so I'll just work with myself. I'll just work with my own feelings (laughs) Uh, I'll do what I can to uh, keep equanimity in the face of this unskillfulness. I'm sure it's just me. <laughs> I'm sure it's just me. And uh, that actually that's not helpful. It's not beneficial. You know, yes, we do need to uh, learn how to stay balanced in the face of difficulty. yeah. But we don't necessarily need to learn how to stay quiet. No, in fact, the opposite. It can be very uh, useful, helpful, beneficial, right, and true uh, to speak up when we see something that's wrong. And a lot of times we don't, you know, we don't do that because we don't, you know, we want to be safe. We don't want to lose our position. We don't want to lose our friendship. We don't want to lose our potential. You know, I have a potential to, to you know get something if I keep quiet. We don't want to lose that, so we keep quiet. Uh, and that's what the Buddha is t- teaching us in having a mind of letting go. So the three right intentions in the Noble Eightfold Path are the intention um, to to not harm others, the intention to not bring ill will to a situation, uh, but also the intention to let go, the intention to... Um, not be clinging, you know, to that which keeps us out of balance. There have been times when I've seen, you know, and we all have, this is not specific to my experience, but there have been times when I've seen, um, you know, small bits of unskillfulness here and there and and when I say unskillfulness, in this tradition, we're talking about, you know, actions and speech that come from a place of ill will or come from a place of, you know, somebody suffering, lashing out through suffering or acting a certain way because of their own suffering or uh, coming from a place of greed or coming from a place of delusion. Uh, there have been times when I've seen unskillfulness but have been afraid uh to lose my position in a situation or in an organization um so i haven't didn't say anything or there have been times when i wasn't sure you know i didn't trust myself i didn't trust my instincts it was me. Oh, it must be me. This person can never (laughs) do what they're doing right now. It must be me. You know, I didn't believe my own eyes, my own ears. And so I didn't say anything. And, and, um, you know, we can't control other people's actions, and we're not always in the position to, to call out unskillfulness or to point it out. Um, But I think as as spiritual practitioners and people in a community, what we can do is we can cultivate in ourselves uh, someone who asks for it, right? So someone who it is really safe to say to, hey, I noticed something that is off, (laughs) Tell me why you did this. Tell me why you said this. That didn't feel right to me. I didn't like that. In a a Buddhist community, um, in a spiritual, in a Buddhist community, in this Buddhist community, (laughs) in this tradition, um, for me, I do want to be someone who is offering the gift of safety, you know, Abayadana. I talk about that a lot here, Abayadana, Uh, the gift of safety. So being someone in a room who people are safe with, who they can say things to who they can be themselves around, um, who, someone who can be questioned, someone who can be pushed back on. Getting pushed back on doesn't um, take anything away from me or from what I do or from my position in the world. Uh, it's an opportunity for learning. And, uh, you know, I might not love it or it might be awkward in the moment or, um, but better, 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 better that I know I'm either being unkind or unthoughtful or, um, unskillful or being seen that way than to just carry on in the dark. <laughs> so, well, I think that that's a real, um, a really important path and area of cultivation in this practice to actually disintegrate our defenses. You know, to recognize that um, we don't have to be hurt by other people. That um, <laughs> that we can uh, that we can take criticism and feedback as an opportunity. To learn, to reflect, to grow, uh, in whatever capacity—in a family, in a job, in a you know spiritual community—and our past karma has a lot to do with it. You no, know? as kids, when we're little kids, all we want to do is be safe. You no. Know? And if we perceived our parents or the other adults in our family or, you know, the authority figures in our life as unsafe, then we did what we had to do to stay safe. And so it makes a lot of sense that as adults, we do that. We stay safe and guarded and defended. But as we mature in our spiritual life, um, We recognize how much energy it takes to stay safe and guarded and defended. And actually, that energy can be put toward developing kindness and compassion and and, uh, safety and equanimity and generosity. And we don't want to use the energy that we can put into those really important aspects of the spiritual path on building our defenses and keeping them. It's just a misuse of good, uh, well intentioned energy. My husband had a laugh, uh, just. I was shocked. Actually, I said something I thought was quite sincere and he had a good laugh at it yesterday because uh, he's been around this, you know, I've been doing this for 17 years and he's been around it, but he's not in it, you know, so he's he sees some things, uh, but not everything. And if, a few years ago, I kind of just finally took on the uh, practical nature of rebirth, you know, like okay, I cannot get all this done. <laughs> I can't get there in this lifetime. So hopefully I'll get a little bit closer, you know, to total kindness, total peace, total compassion, uh, total equanimity in this lifetime. And then I'll start a little bit for, you know, further on in, in the next lifetime. Uh, I was like, okay, I just, you know, like, like one rodeo isn't enough, you know, <laughs> I need more than one rodeo to figure this out. And so I'm starting to look at my, you know the potential for rebirth as my extra rodeos. And as Christmas uh, comes on, uh, my old habits are just pff, habits, defenses. This is not my favorite time of year. This is not the most wonderful time of year. Uh, in my experience, it's cold and uh, it's, um, there's a lot of uh, extra activities, there's a lot of extra responsibilities, there's a lot of cultural um, expectations, uh, there's a lot of uh, extra stuff. It all just really boggles my brain. You know, all of a sudden, it's December, and I have all these extra responsibilities and all the stuff. And uh, it, it really kind of t- tampers with my focus. And I get Uh, Kind of pretty anxious actually as December rolls through every year. And my parents love them to death. They're wonderful, generous people, but my mom has already sent nine boxes of things to my house. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. (laughs) God love her. (laughs) I'm overwhelmed already. So I, so I said last, so I was talking to my husband last night, as I do every year for weeks, <laughs> and uh, and I said, I said, how many more lifetimes do you think it's going to take for me to be fine with Christmas? <laughs> and he just died laughing. He's he thought that was the most hilarious thing. He's like, well, that's pretty dramatic. <laughs> and I said, I don't think it's dramatic. I think this is one area in my life that is really cemented. You know, that this time of year comes around and I just kind of lose my marbles a little bit. And I'm 46 years old, you know, I've had enough rodeos to get my head wrapped around Christmas. (laughs) And it's just, I still don't have it. So, You know, there are places that we just, we have those defenses up. We try to create safety. We push back and resist. Uh, And it's just natural that we do because that's how we've been conditioned or that's how we've conditioned ourselves. And little by little, you know, we can let go. Those things. Uh, and it's good. It's good to look at them. It's important to look at the places where we're holding on, where we're clinging to the way we want things, where we're clinging to those defenses. Uh a couple years ago, I said I was really stressed about Christmas. And I said, Is this the year we just put return to sender on everything that comes in? <laughs> and God said, No, this is the year where I take control of the situation. <laughs> and uh, he became my mom's, you know, my parents' uh, elf. And he does great. <laughs> it's very generous, it's extremely generous. So having people in our corner, having people around us that don't have those defenses that want to see the way through to harmony. Those are the people who will help us, but also model for us. So we can, you know, do it ourselves eventually in a few lifetimes, no rush, (laughs) I take that back. I, you know, the Buddha taught time is relentlessly passing. No. So we make an effort in whatever way we can right now.